You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Scandal After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Scandal After Show. Bing is for doing, and we are here doing another Absolutely amazing after show for Scandal. This is season two, the infamous now, episode 208. Happy birthday, Mr. President. As always, I'm your host, Emilianus Jr., and I'm joined here with my favorite gladiator. To the left of me, we have. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hi, I'm Sophia Stanley. And I'm Bam Erickson. And we are going to start. We have so much to talk about. This um, episode is going to be a little bit different. Instead of picking topics, we're going to take it straight from beginning to end, exactly how it happens. We can break it down, make sure we don't miss anything. We want to start with a caller on the line for our scandal pace. We have one of our uh, favorite gladiators, Outlaw Josie. Are you here? Yes, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) We missed you last week. First of all, I have to say that Shonda Rhimes is Fucking, fucking brilliant. She's brilliant. Tell it how it is, okay. (laughs) What do you think about the episode? I mean, I I was spoiler-free. I didn't watch any of the spoilers because I wanted to see it firsthand by myself. Just, I tried to drink my wine. I couldn't pour. I couldn't do nothing. I just had to sit there and just breathe, try to breathe. Now, I want to ask you... I want to ask you two questions because we don't have a lot of time. First, what do you think about? I okay. call it. I call it the Death Gate scene. How, how did you cope with that? The which scene? The Death Gate when he w- they were in the Oval Office for the flashback. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I was just. I was, look, I was the death, and he was laying back. Oh, Lord. Yeah, oh, That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Did you have a glass of wine? Do, do, do the other thing. Do the rose garden. <laughs> what did you think about the rose garden? Yeah, what did you think about that one? Oh, I, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't exhale. Both of them were just, just the words. I mean, I just can't even, this whole show was just crazy. And then, okay, this is the final question then. Were you expecting the finale or the end of the episode where we find out that it's Huck? Heck no. Somebody DM'd me today and told me they thought it was Huck. I'm like, no way. And when I saw my Huckinator, I was like, what the fuck? What's wrong with you? Oh, man. Well, listen, make sure you keep talking with us on Twitter, as always, and on iTunes oh, and I YouTube. Will, y'all. And we're going to um, go ahead and break down the episode. Okay. Well, y'all take care. Have a good night. Thank you, gotta Gladiator. And okay. thanks for staying Thank up so you. late. We love you. Okay, love you guys, too. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye-bye. 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 Oh, man. All the gladiators were hyped tonight. So let's go ahead and we have to start breaking it down. We opened with um, 
BNC News, and they reported that four shots were fired. And then we don't know if they all went into the president or what, but then we go to Edison, who's in the bunker, and Liv is talking to him on the phone, and he's basically explaining to Liv that he can't be there with her because of his obligations. He's on the cabinet and stuff, and they're putting all the cabinet members down there. Um, I saw that... I know we have varying opinions. Do you think that Olivia actually cares that he's in the bunker, or... I think she doesn't care, because how I saw the episode, as he was talking, she actually didn't end the conversation. Mm -hmm. She, as she, you know, sees the room where the president had been, and there is blood on the room, and it's empty... She puts the phone down. The conversation hadn't ended. That's mm-hmm. not where she is. She's going through the motions because I think on the phone, ironically, she was Olivia, right? Then Liv kind of almost morphed in. And so as she saw the pin, it was it was all over. Yeah. So I don't I don't even I don't even think she's kind of aware of him in in general. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then it leads to the, you know, she she looks down and we see this American um, you know, lapel pin, and we don't really know the significance. But then we go to a flashback, right. and it's not to and it's not to say that because she was too busy with what was in present that she didn't love or care for him. She was literally in a state of shock. A lot of things are going through her mind, and I don't think that she just she just didn't really want to talk right now. She was in like she was in a state of um, shock. Yeah, and so the- I don't. Yeah, I don't think it was. I don't think it was like she was. It's a it's a it's a uh, a form where she's doesn't care or you know she doesn't love or care for uh, for Edison. It's just that she was in a place where you know sometimes when someone calls you, whether if it's a loved one, you're like, baby, I gotta go. But at the same time, we question or some people at least question the authenticity or authenticity of her relationship with him, even though they had previous history. Because and I do still. So. And this I, it, it, this wasn't really the time to even think about. That even the camera, the way the camera was shooting the scene, it was shooting it, <clears throat> making the viewer feel mm-hmm. like you were dizzy and you were in this this euphoric, like this, in this bad nightmare. So they kind of put the viewer in that situation. I think I, I agree with Sophia with and Bam. She, it wasn't even a time for her to really think about her feelings for him. It was like he was on the phone and she was like, like yeah, whatever, holding the phone, but she was staring. There was puddles of blood on the, on the ground like it it was too surreal for her to even realize what word, yeah. he was talking mm-hmm. about and and to kind of just go a little bit extra it's the president of the United States of America Thank you. has been shot regardless let's even separate olids right so let's separate the fact that Olivia and the president have a working relationship let's separate the fact that they had a romantic relationship if he was even just simply the president of the United States of America, the fact that she has access to the hospital where the president of the United States of America has been shot and you have no idea what's going on, the fact that she was that composed in general is astounding. So it shows that she was simply just on robot mode going through the motions. And I really think that seeing the blood is what brought her almost into a present frame of mind and that's when she was actually able to feel versus being in this dizzying array of what's going on who's been shot one of the secret service the um the press secretary all of this stuff is going on i think that moment literally pulled her into reality and then pulled her towards the flashback 
Okay. Because I guess this is the last point. The only reason why I brought that up is just because I didn't know if there was any part of her that could have possibly wanted her man there for support. Because as soon as he kind of gave her that 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 sign that I can't be there with you because of my political or my career and my obligations, then she kind of that's when she put the phone down. But she put the phone down because also as she's she's walking, she's walking and having a conversation with him. So as he is, so as um Edison is she's realizing that, other things she's too. She's walking up and she sees the blood and she sees the pen. So it's No, I I think I'm gonna purposely cut you off, Bam. Mm-hmm. I think there is a point. I think the two happen at the same time for a reason. Yeah. I, I think that it, and I think that as the writers, I think they do things for a very specific... Because we noticed both of those they, things. They yeah. do that in a very specific yeah. moment. So I think she's kind of like, okay, you're good. Like, you know, you're going to be in the bunker. I got I got my information for you so that in if anything, I think it's the reverse. I think she was making sure he was all right. Yeah. Liv is going to be okay. Yeah. So I think that once she realized, okay, he's safe, he's going to be in the bunker, then she could kind of turn her attention to something else. So I think that it happened at the same time sequence on purpose. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I think that yeah. we were all right. But then I think also the only other thing, too, is I don't think that even if he came, it wouldn't have helped. No. Even <laughs> if she was, right. even if they were fully mattered. in love, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have matter, yeah. mattered given the gravity of what's been going on. Yeah. yeah. So this pin, we go to a flashback and we, um, we see that Olivia is in the Oval Office giving this pin to the president. And there's a lot of things that went on in that scene because clearly they've been having their relationship and their, their, uh, the beginnings of what we see today. And that's when she says, you know, I mean, I guess the president is trying to or the soon to be president is trying to make his moves on her as usual. And that's when she says, you know, we can't do this anymore because you're president. He says not for another three hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's when she gives him this pin, which was apparently from Eisenhower. And Melly walks in. And when Melly walks in, she's like, oh, where'd you get that pin from? Oh, it's Eisenhower. So that's when we didn't know. My question was, we didn't know or she didn't know that Olivia gave it to him, right? Yeah, she never knew. She, she never, never. It wasn't implied. No, I was making sure I didn't miss anything. So it wasn't implied that Olivia was the one who gave him the gift. No, he clearly and that and that's a typical man response. He answered the question, but he didn't give the full answer. It's I got the this I the, you know the pants from Eisenhower. That's all she needed to know. And it's funny. I actually take a different approach. I think that was a lawyer response. Mm. Oh, okay. That was a redirect. That it was. It's. It was quick and it was calculated because it wasn't a lie, but it actually had nothing to do with the question. Mm-hmm. So, and presumably, what was Melly's response? She had just been talking about Dolly Madison and how she read an autobiography and now she's going to live in the house. So she was like, oh my God, perfect. And you were in Eisenhower's pen. It was a diversion because he knew that that's what she would tap onto. But there was a moment when he said that, said it, that Liv kind of looked to the right. And Melly looked to the right as well. Mm-hmm. Because people can notice in that small space the physical reactions of what's going on, mm-hmm. as well as the fact that jumping back to the to the tra- trail, she had inklings then as well. You can sense, and we're going to get into this, but given the scene in the Oval Office, given the scene in the Rose Garden, given other scenes that we have seen, literally when they're having a moment, the energy in the space changes. Mm-hmm. So when Melly walked in, Melly could sense the energy. Oh, absolutely. So I think that yeah. regardless of on a conscious level, she knew that the pen, pen was given by Olivia. She did. And that's why later on she connected it so quickly. Yeah. Right after that is when we see the inauguration happen. And, you know, I think we both noticed it. Olivia was smiling so hard in the background because she was proud of her man. Right. You know, everything was going according to plan so far. Um, and then we go to um, James and Cyrus. And this is when we realized that Cyrus was not always openly gay. 
And, you know, I was wondering where that was going to come up because he is a Republican and he's a very prominent Republican, obviously. And, you know, they have their issues with um, with homosexuality because there's a lot of religious people who are Republican. Um, And it was nice to see how he was dealing with that. And in this particular scene, he was fighting with James and Olivia just happened to be in the wrong place at the right time so she could see her friend and what yeah. was really going on. And I love the fact how she was walking barefoot in the white yeah, house. Yeah, she's comfortable. Yeah, yeah, very comfortable. Yeah. To me, at that point in time, that's wasn't that when Olivia came out of the Oval Office with the pen situation? It was kind of simultaneous. So yeah. she came out mm-hmm. of the office, that's when she gave Fitz the pen, Melly came in, and then when she came out, she saw um, James and Cyrus arguing, having a discussion. To me, at that point, it showed that both of them were on the same playing field. Her and James were exactly the same. They're both secrets. Mm-hmm. They're both doing something that they think no one knows about. And one party, well, not one party, but they want to be open about it, but they can't. So at that moment, I was like, oh, that's 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 how those two are connected because it's the same. It's just two ends. It's two bookends. I was thinking the exact same thing, but then I thought ahead because since we knew what happened, mm-hmm. I was like, but they're not. Because at the end of the day, there actually is no impediment to James and Cyrus other than Cyrus's yeah. presumed ego and we then find out that that then is no longer a factor and they're obviously a couple and, and sometimes I get my my uh, legal rules of DC mixed up but I, I'm on 99% positive they have domestic partnerships so James is his husband so I think it also shows what Liv cannot have mm-hmm. right? Because and then it even goes to you just made a perfect point in that scene, I was thinking the same thing when I was watching her looking at James because it was kind of similar to when um, Elise Neal's character, when she had that connection with her. But right in that same scene, because the writers are so genius, you see um, Fitz and Melly in the background dancing on the screen at the inaugural ball. So then to, once again, is reminded, it goes beyond the fact that I can't be with this man. I can't be with him because of moral issues. He's the president. Now there's so many things against me as opposed to this uh Cyrus and James dealing with the homosexuality and, and, and his pride is completely different. So I do agree to a certain extent, but hers goes way beyond that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so let's talk about the president after the inaugural ball. And we have, which I saw it on Twitter. I can't take claim for it, but it's called Deskgate is what some people are calling it. Mm-hmm. One of the hottest scenes. Especially on network TV. I, I, it's after 10 o'clock. But still, <laughs> what was going on in that scene was just blew me away because there's so much chemistry between these two amazing people. The, just their portrayal of the characters is so believable. And it started where... What's up? But what... Even before you go into all that yeah. hot, uh, hot <laughs> stuff that was going on, he... Had he just came from maybe three different inaugural balls? Four. 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 He's dancing, looking all good for the camera, <laughs> and then the moment that he has the opportunity to creep away, mm-hmm. he calls Olivia while Olivia is at home pr- pretending to work because she didn't want to be there, of course, because she didn't want to, you know, see that interaction, and so she saw it on TV, and so she gets a random call, and it's him, Mimi at the Oval Office. So, I mean, he leaves from uh, he leaves from one of his parties to go see his woman. Like, that was just so, wow. That was- well, and then one of the first things she asked, you know, where's Melly? And he says she's like two floors up in a room over. And another, yeah. in another, in another, in another. Oh, oh. See, that's why so I'm glad dropped, I have y'all. Yeah, he dropped her off, and then yeah. 
and then went to yeah because for real the White life. House you have your you have the the professional side mm-hmm. and the and the residential side so they're literally different wings of the White House now this is a kind of a future question but where does Liv stay because that wasn't the same place she stays now right it couldn't be no because they have guest quarters that's yeah. what I thought okay just checking um so back to this hot scene we're gonna break this down right quick. One of the things that I'm sure we all noticed was when he started to caress her, his um, right his hand ended up right on her breast. The left breast, at that. And then she got all hot and bothered. Then he moved to the neck. He knows exactly what to do to get the moves right. He moved to the neck. And then she said, this can't happen. And he said, it can happen right there on the desk. And she hiked that skirt up. She was ready for it. She was ready. Here are you two talking. <laughs> I was, mean, that scene was hot. Like it was she, hot. she I got mean, on the desk, and then, and then he, after she said, "Stop," and he said, "We can't stop," and he said, "You're the most important person in my life. I can't stop." And he said, "Oh no, we missed something." They dance first. We missed something because missed when all that when all that stuff happened, she hiked her skirt up after she said stop because they were kissing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Then he said, "We can't stop. You're the most important person in my life. I can't stop. Can you?" When he asked that question, that's when she sat down, hiked her yeah. skirt up, and they got to business. But I think. Go ahead. See, I'm going to be sexist oh, for a minute. I think you guys are rushing through it. Oh boy. Men often do, and I think you need to slow down and take this scene by scene. The initial opening is she goes, Mr. President. Oh, that's true. Because he is now officially the president of the United States of America. And he goes, I like that. Say it, Say it again. again. And she goes, Mr. President. And then, literally, he is almost playfully, they're, they're playing chase. Mm-hmm. And he's chasing her. Around I mean? the Oval Around Office. Around the Oval Office as she says, Mr. President. That's when he catches her and grabs her. And as you guys say, he caresses her and he knows exactly what to do. And that's what they're doing. They're having this playful banter. And she says, we can't do this. You're now the president. And he literally is like, you could see it in his bravado. He's like, yeah, exactly. I'm the president. So I can do what I want. And I think that's why it's really important because she even says, Mr. President, stop. Mr. President, stop. And then she goes, fits. And that's when they stop for the first break because she's really saying we interact not on the level of titles. We we interact you and me. So when we're talking on that level, he always listens to her to an extent. And then that's when he says the line. Even your voice and the tone. You, it was so <laughs> sorry. It got your, real central. It got right? real central and sexy. She made me think know? about it again. She said, Mr. President. Oh. I mean, mm, Mr. President. Gladiators, <laughs> <laughs> we apologize. Sorry. But now I'm getting hot. Gladiators. Uh, that, that was, was such a hot, a, moment. A, a hot moment. Then we went to commercial hot. break. But guys, um, you know, there's just so much chemistry between these two. Even with that gift, that's such an emotional gift to give that uh, Eisenhower pin. You know, Christmas time is coming around. So we have a very special program here at AfterBuzz, um, and it's through Amazon. So what you can do is, if you need to make your Christmas purchases, Hanukkah purchases, holiday, what, if you just need a birthday gift, whatever you need, or even if you don't need a gift, something for yourself, you can go to AfterBuzzTV.com right at the top. <laughs> oh, pull it up for me. Right at the top, there is a banner. And it says, support AfterBuzz TV by making all your Amazon purchases here. It does not, when you go to this website and you purchase something, we don't get to see any of your personal information and credit card and all that stuff. All that you, some people think that we see, we don't see any of that. It's just like the normal Amazon website. You can do whatever you want to do, get whatever you want. (laughs) AfterBuzz does rock. So guys, make sure you support. It keeps the lights on. It keeps us here doing one of your favorite after shows. And... Just keep supporting us, and it helps us out. So make sure you go to AfterBuzzTV.com, click the Amazon banner, and make all your purchases through there this holiday season. 
Um, so let's, oh. Just reiterate that quote. Now you can go to the quote. I want to make sure oh, everyone okay. hears the so quote. So to get back to the quote, when she says stop or fits, then he says, we can't stop. You're the most important person in my life. I can't stop. And the important part was when he said, can you? And there is a brief moment where they locked eyes. And that's when she says, all right, then. She hikes up the skirt. No, no, no. What's she up? Le- you guys, you guys go too fast. <laughs> she leans back on the desk, pushes herself onto the desk, and then slowly hikes up her skirt. So that is her response. Can, can we see an example? <laughs> <laughs> we about to have a designated after buzz. I think we might overload people's <laughs> But um, that was, I mean, this scene was, this at, at this point, I know on Twitter, I said it, we've all been saying it, that, I mean, for months, even still after episode six, the trail from last season that was that was some hot stuff in that one scene right there it blew me away um and then after that we go back to her holding the pen mm-hmm. at the hospital yeah and we find out the press secretary was shot and then the vice president orders instead of going to where she's supposed to go from homeland security she orders them to take her to the south lawn of the white house which i thought was completely out of line i mean she's a vice president but Homeland Security's telling you, and, and they made a good point, Cyrus made a good point later, when he was basically going in on her, saying, you're putting your nation in jeopardy by not following the orders of Homeland Security. And because, if you think about it, we don't know where this sniper exactly. is, what they're doing. If they find out that she's out in the open, yes, there's security at the White House, but they find out she's out in the open in a public place where they can easily spot her, and you don't know where this person is, and you're just gallivanting around trying to promote your agenda. She oh. took also, too, that from um, from a ceremonial perspective is literally only the benefit and or the right of the president. Yeah. So by doing that, she is officially yet unofficially in a time of crisis saying that she is the president. So it's 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 switching power in a way that she hasn't consulted anyone, because at the end of the day, Cyrus is still the chief of staff. So the fact that she now has aligned herself as president, that's why later on when Olivia addresses the the press corps, they go, why aren't we speaking to the vice president? Normally, that's not who you would ask to speak to. But because she made that power move and landed on the South Lawn, she is, in essence, the president pro temp. And also, it's normally the the secretary, um, press secretary, press secretary who would who makes the. um, who would make the announcement and give the information, but she was also shot as well. Now let's talk about the absolute lack of emotion or care from the vice president. Are you surprised, though? No. No, but at the same time, I feel, if anything, she could show some type of sympathy. Well, Mm. I'm not surprised that she wasn't sad about it, but there was no shock. Like, even if Mm. that's your worst Mm -hmm. enemy, the fact that someone on that level... They made an assassination attempt on the president. She wasn't phased in the least bit. It yeah. doesn't matter. It could be your, it could be, in, like, that's the president. So someone tried to kill the president. She jumped right in like like she was waiting. Like this was, like she was waiting. waiting. She knew this was, like she was in the wing waiting for this. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. All her all her moves, even after that, it seems like it was all, she they had this plan calculated. from the beginning. Take me to the, uh, to the South Lawn. I'm going to make my statement. Okay, then I'm going to, um, you know, appeal to the cabinet. Everything seemed really planned. It was methodical. It didn't seem like it was some random yeah. event that she thought of. There was no, what happened? Wait, who? What? Why? Where? You go through a level of shock and it plays out. You ask questions. You try to 
figure out what's going on. Where am I? I'm the vice president. Wait, is somebody trying to get me? They shot him. Why'd they shoot him? Yeah. It was none of that. She, and was, she wasn't and she wasn't thinking clearly because, again, if the president is shot, why would you want to land on the South Lawn of the White House when you could when someone can go after you, too? Like she wasn't thinking clearly to me. I think she was only thinking of herself and what she wanted to do now that she had her opportunity. But but let's just go there for a split second. She is thinking clearly for for all of the reasons that Camelia just said. She obviously has a game plan. Mm-hmm. And and it's funny because I saw on Twitter and on YouTube several theories about Billy, about the vice president. And initially I was like, they were so off point. I was like, there's no way. And now hearing Camelia break it down, she is a little bit too methodical. Yeah. In, in a way that, no, she basically is is willing, I think, even in the face of danger, she knows that this is her only option. Because at the end of the day, and we can come to find out, her her allegiance with the president doesn't exist. So she knows that the only way she will have a legacy is to get rid of Fitz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's Not no caring way. that yeah. he, he's dying. He or, almost died. He could be dead. She didn't act, she did not care about Fitz. And at let's all. just and let's just throw in the religious undertow. I think she's willing to be a martyr. So even if there's any sense of fear that we don't know what the threat level is, it does not matter to her. She knows that remember when she said it is not in God's plan for me to lose? I think that's what she thinks. So I think she has actually a conviction that defies logic. She saw her opening and she's going to run with it with all the force in, in, in her power and might as vice president. And speaking of power, what I thought was also interesting as Cyrus is gripping her a new one in the office, Olivia is standing outside. And what does Olivia do? She's she's giving orders. Give me my suits. I need this color. I need this. And see, she immediately goes back into to to the to who we saw Olivia when when uh, season one first started, she immediately went back into the mode, and uh, one of the young ladies asked her, "Are you back?" And she said, "Yes, I'm back." So it was great. That was a great. That was a great. How those two scenes were going simultaneously because you know you had you had the vice president fighting for Cyrus over power, and then Olivia is taking over where she you know where she left off at. Mm-hmm. Now it was important when Cyrus was going off um, right after that scene where Olivia's back in the White House. Cyrus basically after he was ripping a new one into um, Sally, he said he said in the case of the removal of the White House, he basically said that until the president's dead, you are not the president. Basically, actually, he said he said there's three ways unless the president dies, mm-hmm. unless the president actually signs something over to you mm-hmm. or there's the signatures by the cabinet. Right. And usually signing signing it over to you usually means he resigns. So he resigns and, and therefore. Well, actually, let me say that then four ways he dies, he resigns, he signs power over or the cabinet through majority vote votes that the vice president is now the president. And I put right out after that, Sally get in line. Because she was just completely out of place. I mean, I understand her motives, but she was really starting to annoy him at that point. And just correct me if I'm wrong, is this the first time we've seen her this season? Yes. 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 Okay. Just it, it says a lot about someone. When you're in a situation like this, especially in politics, you play the game. Yeah. And it says a lot about someone who feels like, I don't even have to play the game right now. Mm-hmm. I can come in willy-nilly and do whatever I want to do because guess what? It, this is what it is. She didn't even give that act, even to Cyrus, like, you know what, for the good of the people. Oh, no. No, it was, 
I'm taking over. I, yeah, I landed on the South Lawn. And, and, and I think that Cyrus, in this instance, was so correct. You are putting the country in jeopardy. Because at the end of the day now, everything has to shift. Yeah. In the time of crisis, you don't want there to be significant change. Now there's going to be significant change, even <laughs> in so much as, and I wish I had like done a, like a Google search on my U.S. history. That means Cyrus may no longer be the chief of staff. The entire cabinet shifts. So yes, the 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 Senate and the House of Representatives that that's voted right. by the people, right? Mm-hmm. But the actual positions within the White House. Mm-hmm. So even the press secretary, all of those positions are appointed by the president. Fitzgerald Grant is no longer the president. It's now President Sally Langston. So oh, all of those positions will change. And just like we saw when they did the flashback to Jackie O, who literally within four days. Um, uh, she just uh, had to move the, out. You know, they, the, the first lady we, yeah. Johnson moved her out. Yeah. That presumably means we obviously see how how Sally Langston moves. And when the reporter said, "Hopefully, she's given more courtesy," that means everyone's out. out yeah. Mm. No access to anything, even theoretically the president, because he still falls under the purview of the president. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, the new president can actually lock people out from access to him. Yeah. And what was also interesting, as they're having a conversation about power, Olivia walks in the door and she's listening in on the conversation as the two are going at it. Hmm. Okay. So right after that, we go to flashback mode again. And this is when we find out that the deal that Sally made with them was that she would get to fill the vacant spot in the Supreme Court. Now, was Verna standing in the Verna room? Was standing Verna there. She was standing in the room when that, that statement was made, and we all saw her face, <laughs> her confused face. And um, then we go to, um, oh, this one we have the jogging scene mm-hmm. and the, the Army sweatshirt. And, uh, you know, the president is that? No, Navy. he was wearing the Navy, Navy sweatshirt. Yeah. He was jogging in his sweatshirt with um, Tom, not how, Tom. Thomas D, the I good one. I'm confused. I'm oh, pretty sure it's Tom the because how the non, the yeah. one who knows how to keep a secret, right? That, that was Tom because how's the other one, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Tom, Tom was jogging with him, and that's when we find out that there is surveillance because Tom is basically telling him, "I, I was a you. watchful eye, and I know when to archive and when to delete, and just know I didn't see anything worth archiving that night when Olivia, or he didn't say it directly, but when she was in the office, I knew to delete that, and then that's when the president goes over with him." Or it's implied they go over where the other camera so I can know for future reference, Um, which was a very important scene because, you know, we were all I think we were all wondering, even from last season, that first episode, we knew the cameras were there. But why he was so openly doing that. You know what I mean? Because he didn't know. Yeah. And that's the same thing I thought about, too. So So if we think about it now, that makes sense. Why? When Olivia was like the cameras, because obviously they they've they've done this before so they know the spots and somebody was very astute on youtube or twitter or something it goes back to that episode too if you think about this whole situation that just happened in the oval office with that desk thing that makes that situation that happened last season so much more powerful the fact that he kind of played with her emotions in that oval office when she came in because he knew that in that office in that same general area is where she has so much passion and so Playing on that, that makes that even more because that shows why she got so angry in that moment. And uh, moving on, um, (laughs) I'm just saying that was kind of cold now I'm thinking about it. So we know where the surveillance is. And then we go to Cyrus and Liv. And Cyrus is talking to Olivia and they're 
were apparently getting fresh air, but this was really just a chance for Livy to say, you know, I know you're gay. It's not really a secret in the White House. Everybody kind of knows. What did she say? She goes, it's, it's the worst kept secret in Washington. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they, she basically lets them know it's okay. You don't have to worry about it. Like, people aren't going to try to kick you out because of that. Um, and then we go to... But can we stop right there? I think at that moment she was convincing herself that it was okay as well for her own relationship. Because the way she said it, you know, it was a very she she grabbed his arm and she was walking and she was like, you know, Cyrus, you you should call him. Like she was trying to convince, you know, him that even though you may think that it's not right or that you may be a little scared or, you know, some people may look at it differently than in actuality because it's you two and it's what you two want. It's okay. So at that moment, I was like, okay, so she's basically talking herself down as well. And it goes back to what she does a lot. She sees herself in people, in different people. She sees herself in certain their situations. She sees herself in those situations. And then she tries to apply it to her situation. But there's just so many complications with hers that, yeah. I mean, I can understand when you, when you are dealing with the situation and you try to justify it. By seeing other people, I, I've always said you can't really compare your situation to somebody else's because everybody's going through their own thing. That's so right. I, I actually am going to take a different spin on What's it. What's up? And I think I've said this before. People give out to the world what they want. So if you want love and respect and mm. honor and for your love to be lived out loud, then you literally want to give that gift to other people. Mm-hmm. So I think that when she connects with people and she sees a similarity... If there's any way that she can get them to where she can't be, she does it. Yeah. Because then in in some way, she's vicariously living through them. So it's not... I, and I do agree that she was talking to herself, but she was talking to Cyrus in the same point that there isn't an impediment. Yeah. Right? The impediment is literally in your head. Her impediment is not in her head. <laughs> it really is that he's married and he's the president of the United States of America. Cyrus's issue is the fact that he's the head of the Republican Party. I think she just simply reminds him, yeah, exactly, you're the head of the Republican Party, and your president is the president, so do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. I really think that she's trying to spread love, and she's trying to spread, spread joy, and I think that when she connects with people, that's really all she's trying to do. She's trying, she wants them to have what she can't have, and she's hoping in some weird way that it will boomerang back to her. See, this is why I love this after show, because... Even though we have varying opinions, it's not that we always disagree, but there's just so many different sides and angles, and that just opened my mind to another. Man, I love you guys. (laughs) Um, So then we have this whole back and forth scene where they're prepping for the State of the Union. They're trying to get the address. And by prepping, I mean they're prepping the speech. And I mean Olivia and Fitz are prepping the speech in her her place. They're prepping the speech, and they're prepping each other for uh, further acts all back and forth, back and forth, and had some more passionate scenes. But then, um, once they finally get it together, Olivia opens the door, presumably thinking it's Fitz, when actually it's Fitz and Melly who show up at the door. Did you think... What did you guys think about that scene? When if, if, if that had occurred and you were in her shoes, I can understand she was upset, because right after that, she was livid. I can understand she was upset, but at the same time, she keeps putting herself in the situation where she tries to forget that he's not married. And I, I think that made it real. That brought it back to reality because she was lighting candles. Like mm-hmm. she was getting ready for his arrival to come. And when she opened the door, that was basically the slap in the face. Like, bam, guess what? He's still married and his wife isn't going away. She's very present in his life, even though he doesn't love her, even though he really wants to be with Olivia. 
Melly's not going anywhere. And I think once she opened that door, it was bas- she was opening the door to reality, and it kicked her in the gut. And I think also, too, though, let's refer, let's remember, they're out in the woods somewhere. Like, they're not at her house. So I think they're actually... Oh, you're right. Yeah. It's, it's obviously preparing for the State of the Union isn't vacation. Yeah. But it felt like vacation. So, again, I think it literally felt like a fantasy world. And to, to, to piggyback on what Cornelia said, she opened the door to reality. And I think that's when it became... She then, I think, remembered who she is and regardless of her emotional connection to this individual, that there are certain moral, a moral code that she has lived by up until this point. And at that moment, she hadn't reconciled what to do, per se. And there's also ways to connect with us. So listen, you guys, make sure you guys go to iTunes and download and rate and uh, tell us what you think. That's the way, that's a great way of connecting with us besides YouTube. So again, make sure that you guys go to to, uh, to iTunes and make sure that you download. It's free, of course. You can download our podcast. You can listen. You can tell friends, family, whoever. And when you go on, you can leave great comments. You can rate us and continue to keep us number one and to keep us in the top 10. Okay, so we want to really thank you for that. As you see, 147 ratings as of today guys that's amazing we're still five stars so bravo to you um and the fact that you guys keep leaving comments every week it's just consistent um so yeah if you don't have an apple id and password make sure you set that up so you can um rate and comics i know some of you that may be keeping you from doing it but um it's amazing guys yeah you can just go on you can just go on your computer and open up an account it's really simple leave comments you guys do it all the time and don't forget about the podcast app and what that does is it organizes all of your uh, subscriptions so there's a, there's a lot of great shows besides of course Scandal mm-hmm. you know there's uh, comedies dramedy, uh, dramas uh, scripted stuff there's just shows for every there's shows for everyone we have over 50 shows that we now uh, do after shows for for the fall lineup so make sure you go and download on iTunes and don't forget the podcast all right. Um, so then we came back from break and Olivia was briefing the press, basically letting them know normally, like Bam said earlier, press secretary would be doing this, but she has been shot and you'll be hearing from the head of surgery, most likely, and probably FBI, but you won't be hearing anything else from this podium. Um, right after that, we go to Fitz and Olivia fighting. And this was about Melly showing up at the door. And we had another important scene here. This was a, a very interesting scene um, because it back. Fitz and Olivia, obviously, it's an interracial relationship. And there's um, some racial undertones that some people might try to, to bring up. And Olivia said, I'm feeling Sally Hemmings, Thomas Jefferson about the situation. And even taking it away from, from the racial aspect, a lot of historians will tell you or you'll read that besides Sally Hemings being a black woman, Thomas Jefferson was in love with her. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people will say that he had children by her. He freed her children. People, you know, were speculating why he actually did that. But they were saying it's because he had a loving relationship with Sally Hemings. So not even race. Take, if you, you, you could take race out of it. Mm-hmm. Fitz is in love with Olivia, but he has to keep her a secret. And he would do anything for her as much as he can, but because she he's married, because she works for him and she's in the White House, there's not much that he can do publicly for her in regards to their relationship. Like I took it to I took it the race thing, I took it that way too, but on the flip side, you could take that out of it. And it, it, it goes back to the same. And and I think that the reason that she said it and it's gonna come into play with the words that she used in the Rose Garden, we have always seen her kind of jabbing at him 
a lot. Mm. She'll say snide things. And I think that at that moment, she was literally trying to push him away that would hurt him at his core. Mm -hmm. So even if it's not a race issue, she was saying in the same point that you are the president and you own me. And I am feeling like I have no power in this situation. I am trying to break that connection in whatever way that I can by bringing it there. Because I think that would be the only way that he could understand her lack of control. Because I think that's why she, in I think two sentences prior, she goes, I'm not this person. Because she can't believe it's so against her moral code. But at the same time, just like you said... The feeling and the connection she has is so real, but then the reality of it is so against her moral code. So she she's at an impasse. Yeah. They're at an intersection. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this is crazy. Um, right after that, we go to Cyrus, Olivia, and Verna. And I don't know. Does anybody have the quote? I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you go well, quote? basically, you know, uh, they had promised the first Supreme Court justice opening slot to Sally Langston. Obviously, as we know, because um, Verna was part of the Fab Five, what she was promised was the first slot. So basically, they're kind of telling her, like, don't worry about it. There's another justice that will probably be, you know, resigning or die within the next two years. That's your slot. And she basically was like, I hoard every ounce of my integrity to get that man elected. Make it happen. So she was like, this is non-negotiable. She was like, don't talk to me like I'm not someone who do who did everything to get this man elected, which we know everything was above and beyond. So she was like, I don't care what you promise to the VP. I'm, I'm the next in line. <clears throat> so then we go to, um, well, now, Kagan, the press secretary, when she was working for Olivia earlier, was she an intern or just an assistant? Is do we know? We don't know. She or is it ever established? Title, but it I, seemed I, like an assistant role. I, I, the funny thing of. is, I don't know because I I remember right before the inauguration, she kind of said something about the interns. interns yeah, because yeah. she goes, "Do you interns have your gown? Right. Or do you guys bring dresses?" Mm-hmm. But I'm not quite sure. Okay, well, just to mm-hmm. clarify, it was her, and she um, was telling Olivia, like basically, giving her the rundown of the news and stuff. And she said, "Oh, we had a reporter that called about voting irregularities in Ohio, but um, you know, I can handle it." Olivia said, "Wait, wait, wait." <laughs> what did you say now? And Olivia took over, and that's when she had to call Huck oh. to investigate. And she meets Huck outside um, where we saw our good friend. Um, yes, which Shonda Rhimes, they, he was asked would he come back, and so he came back. To, what's his name again? Morris? Morris, right? Yes, that is his name. The security oh, guard? Security guard. What's up? No, go go ahead. Sorry, my bad. Morris is the security guard, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we she, we meet out there with Morris. He says, I basically, I can't let him in because, um, obviously. He looks a mess. <laughs> he looks a mess. And then Olivia uh, talks with him and she gets the information she needs to find out uh, who is responsible or who the reporter was that was researching um, the voting irregularity. And then she tells Huck or asks him where he's staying. And then she says, you know, you can stay with me. She gives but him money. What's he up? also said that he was staying at the halfway house. So... That was very important because that kind of tells us the background of his mental state. We knew that. Yeah, we knew Huck was crazy. But for me, again, going back to what we originally said, we said Olivia knew Huck for a long time. You don't let somebody stay in your house looking like that just when you've met him within the past six months. No, that relationship, it runs very deep. Yeah. And my question is, so remember back 
this yeah this goes back to episode six maybe um when olivia was helping you with the campaign trail and she brought huck on so did she bring him on then let him go and then bring him back this time he was like a he was like freelance yeah, yeah. so it's just a one-time thing back he was then like freelance. okay but um, i think that was but once but but once she said you're gonna stay with me and he cleaned himself up i think that's when um, their relationship was um, was probably more little. Uh, they were more involved together. Well, also too in terms of timing, as we yeah. then turn to find out, that's also uh, very quickly that she obviously creates Olivia Pope and Associates. Yeah. we won't get to it that, yeah. but yeah. no, we'll yeah. bring it up. Perfect. Yeah, when it's yeah. relevant. <laughs> um, so Jesse Tyler, we find out, is a reporter that was calling to find out about the voting irregularity, and then that's when Olivia goes to talk to Hollis, and this was a different relationship we saw between Olivia and Hollis. Hollis, it wasn't that he had a different person. Now that he wasn't as as prude or as 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 pushy, but we saw a different side where Olivia didn't really see him as an evil person. She didn't see him as somebody who she would think to go to extremes that we now know he could go to. And she was just basically saying, you know, we have this guy. We need to get him off our tail. And he said, I'll handle it. I got this, darling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He said, I got this. And it, it was nice to see a different side of Hollis. Um, and it was nice to see. I just love how we connect the dots in this show and how it all connects so beautifully. And um, right after that, we go to um, Olivia. Oh, oh, man, this scene. This was the garden scene. Olivia, can somebody else describe this one so we can get all the details? Anybody? So Olivia was in the Rose Garden. She was pacing. She was pacing in circles, I believe. Mm. And Fitz came in and he saw her and he described how he knew something was wrong because she was pacing in circles because when she when she paces back and forth he knows it's something different so what is wrong and that's when the it wasn't even really an argument it was more of like a declaration it kind of occurred she you know was talking to him and she said this is I don't know the exact she said, quote. She said, okay. I smile for you and I take my, she I, says, I, I smile, smile for her and I take my clothes off for you. And then that's when she was saying, this isn't who I am. This isn't, you know, what mm-hmm. I am. You, I feel like you own, own me. me. Everything I do for you, I watch you, you know, I wait for you. And then he takes that in and then he comes back at her with his declaration of love. Can we just like some of the lines that were said in this? I just I we we watched the scene twice, by the way. We watched it live once and then we rewatched during commercial break just so we could get some quotes because the passion that was in his voice. I don't know who saw the spoilers, but it was even more emotional watching it live in the show. Sophia bursted out into tears like he How said, going to bust her out like that. It was touching. She was emotional. She's tearing up now. Like, it was an emotional scene. Like, that was an emotional I was just, scene. I was just trying to, Thank you, know. you, man. No, thank you. As I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> I'm trying you. to. I, yeah, My I, new buddy. I saw, I saw it already, so I was trying to, like, lighten the mood up. I'm going to read this. Some of the stuff he said was, my every feeling is controlled by the look on your face. I live for you. I watch for you. You're no victim. I belong to you. I wait for you. You own me. You control me. And then he said again, I belong to you. I love you. I'm in love with you. You're the love of me. I belong to you again. We're in this together. What? Writers, bravo. I mean, that seemed like... I was tearing up. I didn't cry, but I was tearing up. I was just in awe. And I think... This kind of makes me not want to watch spoilers anymore because I feel like if I watched that live, it would have had more of an emotional impact for me. That's why I don't watch the spoilers. Yeah, I didn't see. Well, my computer's raggedy. Anyway, (laughs) well, I watched 41 or 51 seconds of the spoiler and I couldn't watch anymore. And for me, I guess maybe I'm glad I watched the spoiler because I don't know if I could have handled it. Uh, I don't don't think it would have... I I don't think it's ever going to lose power. I think it's very similar to... 
certain scenes from the trial. Like I don't, I, I've I've seen those probably ten times. Like we could recite, we could mm-hmm. recite these monologues. Like even now, I don't, I don't, I don't think it takes away any weight. Yeah. Either way, I think it's it's brilliant TV. And and just thinking about the spoiler, I think it was about a minute twenty seven. Yeah. Was and, the entire scene. And it left her. If you if you go back and watch her standing there, she didn't have anything to say. What do you say? When the man that you're in love with, but you're questioning being with because you, because society or your situation tells you you can't be with, what do you do when he declares his love for you at that moment and tells you, yeah, I want to be a good man and my wife, but the reality is, hmm, I can't. I love you and, and you're, I'm living for you. And just the, the most powerful, uh, the most powerful words for me is when he went back to her and was like, no. Um, I don't own you. You own me. Cause look what look what you're doing to me. Look what you know. You got me. I can't sleep. Yeah. And we know he c- couldn't yeah, sleep he because sleep. Melly saw that he couldn't sleep yeah. and brought Liv in earlier. Was, and I think and I think it, and I think it was also too. It was connected to her earlier dig because he says that was below the belt playing the race card mm-hmm. because I'm in love with you. Like he basically was like that's beneath you and that's beneath us. And and I think that's why he said you are me. He, and basically, what he's saying is like we're one, yeah. like we're connected. So, and that's I think what you saw on the scene, like everything that she was feeling, and she was feeling chaotic and lost. I think that 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 chaos only happens if there's not something to match it. Once you literally take two forces that are are chaotic and don't know where they're going, and they're frenetic, and you pull them together. Now all of a sudden there's calm. There's no longer chaos. And I think that's what his response was. Even though the nature in which he said it was as frenetic as her initial statement, they met. And that's what happened. And just seeing all this, it's I really, can we have like have a marathon and rewatch season one again and rewatch what we, oh. During over, winter break. Over winter break. I definitely want to do this because just seeing the emotional connection we already knew, but seeing like the history they have now, it just puts things in such a different perspective. Um, Right after this, we had, I have Britta Kagan, I don't know if it's Brenda Kagan, basically the, the, the press secretary, Kagan, she died from her injuries, um, and then we found out that the, the anchor was a little emotional about that because she started in that news station, and then... She was only 32. Right. She was really young, and then Edison informs Olivia, while he's in the bunker, that the vice president has been lobbying the cabinet for presidency, which... We knew she was going to do because she was so focused. Or did maybe we I didn't did know not, did because Cyrus laid move. in on her. I did not see that move. I did not see that I, move. I didn't see it, but going, but now looking back and seeing how <clears throat> the vice president didn't even care that the president got shot and almost died or could be dead, that she didn't get have a care in the world. Totally not surprised now. She's a she she's she's a little snake. And it led to such a powerful moment too because we went back to Melly because we were, we were talking so much about Olivia but keep in mind this is Melly her husband just got shot and you know a lot of people had their their conspiracy theories saying that they thought Melly did and stuff but you guys said last week even after the after show that it was woman's intuition when she was saying stay in the car like don't go and I was a little skeptical. I, yeah, I was skeptical. I was a little skeptical. But seeing her emotional state today, and now that I rewatched the episode, maybe it was. And when we saw Olivia had to come to terms with the fact that she needed Melly in order to possibly slow down Sally Langston's role, she went up to Melly in the in the waiting room. And just seeing Melly get so emotional at the fact that 
she thought that Olivia was coming to tell her that her husband was dead. At that moment, I was like, I, I really don't think that it was an ingenuine moment where she was being, you know, not sincere, saying, don't go, knowing that her husband was about to get shot. I really believe that she really still loves this man, despite his flaws. And she sits there. She's sitting there in the waiting room. Clearly, she's still emotional. And I bet in her head, everything's still chaotic, considering you have to think about this, too. Everybody else is dealing with this whole situation with the president being shot from over here and over here, over here. She was right next to him, had blood on her arm. That's I don't even know how she could possibly deal with that. And the fact that Olivia comes in and Olivia is asking her to do this political move where I need you to go in front of everybody and say, basically, we need to come together as a nation. We need to support our president and shut Sally Langston down without actually shutting her down verbally and saying it directly, but basically shutting her down by showing that you're still here for the president. We need you here. That's a lot to ask. But the important thing, what she said during that is don't sit here next to me like we're still friends or like, like we're friends, not still yeah, like we're friends. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that, I mean, cause from Melly's perspective, Sure, Melly knew about Olivia and Fitz at a you know at a certain point. She knew what was going down, but to her, the mistress is coming up to me while I'm sitting next to my husband, waiting to hear if he's still alive or not. And I don't. Like, she didn't know what she was going to have to say. So it's kind of like, don't be chummy with me from Melly's right. perspective. And and also the fact that if Olivia did have to bring the news to her, the news. She would have to hear that from the mistress, mm-hmm. not Olivia Pope, the fixer. But she, Olivia has this information about her husband before she gets the information. Mm-hmm. So that I hurt. could yeah. I could see why Melly was just on twelve. <laughs> <laughs> she was she was on twelve. But once she realized that the president was alive and that he's okay, well, he's okay for now. He's he's still alive. Once. Melly came to her census when Olivia said, okay, we need you. The first thing that Melly says is, I need something to wear. Business. Melly, Melly so is she's him. she's gangster. Because she said Sally is coming for his presidency. You have to do something. And she's the only person. It's just like, um, I, I know, I know. But just, just what I'm saying is that for her to go from 12 and then bring oh, it yeah. down and then have to realize what's really at stake. Okay. Give me something to wear. I agree with you, but let's be very, very clear. Melly, from our perspective, not necessarily everyone else, but how we're able to see her, is one of the least, um, she, she doesn't have a facade. Yeah. Her goal is very clear, right? Fitz to be president, and for her then to be president after Fitz. So she will do everything in her power for that to stay a reality. So she is concerned, yes, because he's her husband, but she's concerned because Fitz will no longer be president, and then what happens? It's Sally Langston, right? right? And then that takes her out of the running because now she's no longer potentially the first female president, and that's also part of her legacy, right? So the entire frame of reference, the 12, she actually never goes back down from 12. It's the same thing. She's there concerned that Fitz will no longer be president, which messes up her plan. And then when Olivia basically says, Sally Langston is going to derail the plan, she stays on 12 and says, I need something to wear. She's very even keeled if you really think about it. Especially, ironically, with her interaction with Liv. Her interactions with Liv actually gives her an opportunity to be her real self. 
She doesn't have to be the, Koi, I'm so cute, I'm the first lady. She gets to be gangsta. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, because there's no more pretense with them. They can just go mano y mano and make their chess moves. Right after that, after she basically says, you know, I need you to find me something to wear, Liv goes to the closet. And she briefly looks at the woman's side, at Melly's side, but then she switches over to Fitz's side. And she starts, you know, slowly looking at the stuff and she gets to the sweatshirt and she pulls it out. And when she collapsed to the floor, holding, just gripping the sweatshirt in so much passion because just in my mind, I was just imagining in her mind that she was thinking, you know, I could potentially be losing the love of my life. So many memories. I mean, that's what I was thinking for real, though. I was. I. I'm sorry because I'm. I'm a TV and movie fanatic. I was thinking about when Bree's husband died on Death Without Wives, and she was calm the whole episode. And then when she just fell out on the table, when she finally realized that her husband was dead, I felt that same moment. Because Olivia, she when she fell down, it was like her heart literally collapsed. And that was the only time she could really do that. She could not have done that in the White House. Because people around, they're like, wait, why are you breaking down like this? What is really going on? She couldn't break down in front of Melly. She couldn't. Olivia is not that. She's a fixer. And she's this strong, this strong person on the outside. When she went in that closet, to part of me thought she went in the closet like, I'm going to break down in this closet. Because that's the only place that she yeah, could have done that. She mm-hmm. couldn't have done that anywhere else. And she needed to do that at the time. Because she didn't break down. At the hospital, she saw the blood. She saw the pain. She was doing us recap. She got into to, to business mode. She that that was the only time, and yeah. it was due. It was overdue. She needed that. Yeah. And let's talk about the flashback. It was I mean it was a touching flashback. She it was like a little a little date. They were playful, looking at the Constitution. And he said, you know, you can be the seventh person to touch it. And then he said, um, she said, she, well, what about you? Yeah, she was saying she was like seven. She's like, I don't think I can do it. He said, well, you know, I was number six. And then she like. No, but then she goes, you touched it before me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was like, you didn't wait for me? <laughs> and then like, no. she touches it. And then that's when we have the moment where um, she, she goes, tells wow. Fitz that she's in love with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it finally happens. And it, I mean, it was sad, though, just because we know, obviously, what's going to happen later on. But she declares her love for him back. Because remember, this is after the Rose Garden scene. And she's mm-hmm. saying, you know, basically, you tell me how you feel. I thought about it. I really didn't have to think about it. After you said it right there, I already knew I loved you. I'm just letting you know that we are on the same page. And she said that we're in this together. Did mm-hmm. she say that? Yeah, we're yeah, in this together. She, it, it, basically, she touches the Constitution and she goes, wow. And then they go, we the people. She goes, it's everything. It's a new world. And so it seems as if they're having a conversation about the Constitution. And then all of a sudden she goes, I love you. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with you, too. So we're in this together. And then he repeats, we're, and he says, so we're in this together, asking her. And she replies back, we're in this together. Yeah. And that was powerful. And that, that makes the coming scene so much more heartbreaking. And also, too, I'm going to have to be the legal eagle for a second. It's also, it's a contract. Yeah. The Constitution is basically a contract for how we're going to live our lives well, as people. Right. right? Yeah. No, but theoretically, it sets <laughs> the foundation, right? As yeah. we the people and that there are rules that we live by to keep us civilized and to potentially make us better as a nation. They're saying, so we're in this together and saying it together. It's a ratification. It's two people having a mutual agreement to now move forward with their relationship, no matter what. Because mm-hmm. no matter what, the Constitution is the law of the land. 
So we can have wars, we can have various things, but that's the root of who we are. Mm. So at that moment, that was the root of who they that are. Was Go ahead, Sophia. Looks. That was that was I like that. That was that was beautiful. And you and you using your little central voice. Oh, 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 we bringing it back. <laughs> See how we're getting along stuff. today. When they uh, when they touch the constitution. <laughs> Why don't you just climb up on my desk and talk constitution with me? First Amendment. That is our engineer Stephen for all of you on Twitter or YouTube who wants to know. <laughs> I know somebody was asking about you, Stephen. We'll show we'll you the talk comment about that later, um, baby, baby. I'm talking Bill of Rights. <laughs> Oh man, hot and heavy in the Afterbus studios tonight. And um, now it flashes back to the closet, yeah. and seriously. we continue to see her. Just, That's when she like really breaks down, and that was does. hard for me to watch. But then she, though, I think for me, what's worse is the way she composes herself. It's like she just, she literally, you feel her just folding it back into the shirt like and just saying, "I can't do it." Exactly, and it's almost like with every muscle, she's just going back to into mode and kind of shakes it off. And and what's also interesting is. No makeup, hair and ponytail. You got to just see the real Olivia. Raw. And she was yeah. more like she wasn't just mourning. She was mourning the relationship. She was mourning the fact that they're not together anymore. She was mourning the fact that he might be gone. She was mourning the her the job. She had to come back. When like like Sophia said, when she sucked it all in, Olivia didn't have time to mourn. She had a little cry. You know, she got it out for a second, but. She need everyone needs time to grieve, yeah. and she is not giving herself that time. And you know, it's just it's unfortunate. Well, it's funny you say that about time because that's what you were talking about earlier with Jackie Kennedy. We came back to the anchorman, and he showed the clip of Jackie Kennedy, and basically said, "Hopefully, we don't have the same situation where Jackie had to go four days after and move out. We don't have the situation with the president." And the first lady, Melly. I thought, I thought it was two weeks. She had to be out. The, um, they said, well, so what? Who cares? <laughs> no. Um, but then that's when we have Melly, which obviously was fitting right after talking about Jackie Kennedy. We go to Melly. Melly talks to the press. Um, and she says, not only is he a religious man, he believes hope has power. And then she closed with America has a president, a living president. Let's not give up on him. Which is all she needed to say. Um, and I thought. In my mind, I thought that was going to be good enough. Um, and then we flash back to a very important scene where Melly and Fitz are taking photos. Um, the official photos, looks like. And they're taking the photos, and Fitz notices that his pen is gone. Was it Fitz or Melly? Melly noticed. Melly, Melly noticed that the pen is gone, being the stupid person she is. She noticed. And she's like, oh, where's your pen? And so then... Um, Hal. Hal. We know who, we know your name now, Hal. Hal looks at Melly and gives her that look. So now we kind of see where the alliances were from the beginning. Hal has always been on Melly's side, it looks like, or at least on the, the moral side, or what he thinks is the right side. And Tom has basically been down for the president. I got you, dog. From the, from the beginning, is, is that? Yeah, I would agree. And the only thing is I just need to watch it one more time. Yeah. I can't decide if he looked at her. Or she's just very aware of the surroundings. You're very and he, right. And he has a tell. You're very like he, right. He's guilty. So he looked at her, and I think she's very aware of energy and what's going on in the room. If, if I, just, they, I don't know the I answer think to that he, yet. I he, think you're right. He might not have looked directly at Now I'm thinking about he, but he definitely made a face yes. that, where he showed disdain and disgust and for she, what he knows happened. And you're she, right. And she caught it. Yeah, she caught that. And then I think they might have locked eyes after that fact, mm-hmm. after the initial. Yeah. Um. So... That was the first hint there that the pen was missing. And then um, Cyrus tells James 
that he has a story for him. And this is his, he's not really apologizing for the argument they have, but he's saying, you know, I have a story for you. And, you know, James saying, I don't want to get back together with you. He's like, no, you're going to want what I have to give to you, which could be taken in a different context of mm. you. But I was like, <laughs> let's keep it PG. So you want, you're going to want what I have something to give to you. He said, um, the name is Bradley Hargrove. So James releases that story. After he releases the story, we find out that in that story, we um, discover that he has a criminal past. And that's when Sally comes storming into Cyrus's office, basically laying in. Olivia was in the room, she too, was. right? Yes, Olivia's in the room. So Cyrus is getting this big mouthful from Sally. And that's when Sally says at the end of her rant, I'm in it for me now because she said, I know that you did it. In a, in a way, I don't think she said it directly, but she alluded to the fact that she yeah. knew that Cyrus did it. Yeah. And she said, I'm in it for me now, which is obviously very important considering what's going on in the present. Um, and then we go back to the bench and we find out that Hollis, I have Hollis, when I have Hollis did it, but when did we find out about the explosion? Because I missed something. I have the, sec- the secretary, um, the press secretary. The press secretary. She tells Olivia the information about the killing in, in uh, Palo Alto. Right. It was a quick pass. Yeah. It was a quick pass. And then she said it was just a normal explosion. But when she said Cytron, that was a tell. Yeah. And that's when Olivia started to investigate. And then she goes and, to. And she also said, and they're trying, and they're saying that it was an angry um, girlfriend. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So so many things that happened in that brief, like, 10 seconds. seconds. So she goes and confronts Doyle back at the um, at the bench. And now, now, you, now you see the Olivia and Doyle that we see. That we know now. Yeah. And we see the events that happened to take place to get to where they are. And that's when we knew that Hollis did it. But the important thing he said was, we're in this thing. We don't turn away when things get a tad messy. And that just shows how much he doesn't care. Because if, if was he the one that was saying that if anything, it was patriotic for their country? But No, that was Cyrus. That was Cyrus. But Cyrus, and, but, but Cyrus and Dole have the same, they have the same attitude now. When Cyrus was um, when Cyrus was speaking to Olivia, Cyrus says that um, he says that um, he said their patri- This was their patriotic duty. They're going to die as uh, what did he say? Like patri- he, he patriots. And he said it's going to be the best way to honor their, their country. country. Yeah, yeah. And we need to move on and buckle down. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, you can look at Olivia. That's when she realized. On top, soon later, she was going to resign. But this was also, you know, this added to the resignation because she was saying in her mind, you can see she was saying, this isn't what I signed up for. I didn't sign up for people dying. I did not sign up for us to come into this attitude where we can sweep these people under the rug and act like this is just what we do. We get messy. This this isn't my job. Mm -hmm. This isn't what I do because she even dropped uh, Gwen, uh, Gwen, Quinn's name, Lindsay, <laughs> yeah. in the conversation. She was like, and they're trying to pin it on some girl named Lindsay? Like, really? What is going on? Now, uh, something else that I just thought about important happened in the scene. Remember when we first found about the table, found out about the whole table scene and what was going on? So... We didn't know necessarily if Olivia was involved in the explosion, but now we know for a fact that she was involved in the she fixed rigging. Oh, oh. Right? Oh, yeah, because... Or am I jumping too far ahead? I guess, I mean, in some aspects, we sort of kind of because she, well, obviously she knew something about she it because about she it. went to Doyle to give the information. So she knew something, obviously, yeah. Okay, well, we may yeah. say that for predictions. Um, Okay, because we're running out of time. Um... So after she talked with him and we skipped over a little, well, not a little point. The hospital scene. The hospital scene, yeah. Mm -hmm. They removed all the bullets, but he's still unresponsive. And that's when, correct me if I'm wrong, Melly broke down, right? 
when she was talking because she was getting the news from the doctor and Melly broke she, down. But be- in Melly style, yeah, she Melly didn't style. Break down. It she wasn't like Olivia like, in the closet. Yeah, she goes, "I don't know." Is not an acceptable answer, which yeah. is true. Yeah, like let let's again put this into perspective. It's the president of the United States of America, so don't talk to me like I'm just some random person and we'll let you know whatever. No, she was like, "You need to give me a definitive answer," and I think also too. Just because Melly, I think, doesn't sound as vulnerable as other people doesn't mean she's uncaring. So she's also saying, this is my husband. You need to give me a definitive answer. I don't know is not is not sufficient for me. Right. And I mean, for, for me, I've never hated Melly. I've never really disliked her. I've respected her. But I kind of have a newfound respect for her just because I, I like to see people in a different light. And just to finally see... I remember I saw um, Bellamy Young tweet it. She was saying it was so great to shoot this episode because you get to see like the smiley Melly and like the real Melly before all the the issues happen with Olivia and the president. So it was nice to see like a different side of her this episode and really get to see like her, I guess, Melly's version of a raw side, really get to see her emotions. Um, so before Olivia, we just have to touch on this briefly, before Olivia um, gave the news about the explosion to Cyrus, Cyrus proposed to James. Um, and then right after that is when he gave the speech saying it's the best way to honor your country and they did their patriotic duty. Then Melly approaches Olivia about how finding the pin next to the Constitution and Olivia obviously doesn't know what to say. And she says, um, th- I don't know if you guys caught this. I'm sure you did. But this is what I wrote down that I thought was very important. Melly, being the person that she was, she wasn't necessarily um, saying that it's wrong because that's not Melly's style. She wasn't saying, you know, I need you to leave the White House right now. You're no longer welcome. This is what she said. She said, you know, we are all in in this together. She said we are all in together. She said we are. I cannot write. We are doing our patriotic duty. Guess some of us go about it differently. Mm To me, that I, I heard what Melly said, but her demeanor and the look on her face says that she was not okay with this situation. She dealt with it because, you know, it is what it is. And when she said, I guess some of us go about it differently, I didn't think Melly was okay with it. I don't think Melly became okay with it until she started to disconnect herself emotionally with Fitz at a later point in their relationship. Mm-hmm. But at that moment, I didn't see her being cool with it. I saw her as a hurt woman, and she was realizing, coming to terms, that it is what it is. That's what I Are you going to—I think I know what Sophia's going to say. Maybe or maybe not. I think the difference is okay with it and being complicit with it are not necessarily mm-hmm. the same thing. She mm-hmm. was 100% complicit. She was basically saying— I know, and actually proceed. She's like, I, I see what your role is, and, and in your role keeps my husband as the president of the United States of America. Please actually continue, because yes. that would be patriotic to do so. Mm. It's different than her emotional yeah. connection to it. So to me, the emotionality of it ebbs and flows. But she was one, in that moment, she was complicit. And I think that's why Liv has to make the decision she makes, because that for her, again, opens the door to reality. And in Liv's mind, she cannot be complicit in that type of an arrangement. And I was saying it goes back to episode seven of last season where she says, you left the White House, you left your, you didn't do your yeah. job. Yeah. So it goes back to that whole situation because oh, she didn't do her, yeah. you see what I'm saying? And you, what, what's also interesting is when the two of them have the, 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 the conversation about this affair, mm-hmm. it's never direct, it's always indirectly, but Melly gets Olivia every time where, where Olivia basically can't say anything. Anytime those two have that conversation, Melly kind of gives it to her. Because what can you really say? Basically, if you put this exactly. in real life terms, if you were sleeping with a man and his wife came up to you and said, you know what, 
she can say whatever, give you the side eye, rub her stomach. What can you really say yeah. to the wife? I'm gonna I'm gonna be the bad one. And, be I'll, bad. and I'm gonna, and I'm oh. gonna take the I'm gonna take the heat. Tell her to kick rocks. <laughs> no, she's complicit in this. Let's be real, because this is the problem is what Liv cannot do <laughs> is Liv cannot live in limbo. No, mm. seriously. Melly knows, and Melly's like, as long as you keep my husband, um, you know, as the president of the United States of America, I actually don't have a problem with it. Until, like, when she made a deal and was like, give me my husband back, right? Mm-hmm. However, either Olivia and Fitz need to stay away from one another and have nothing to do with each other. No even just um, political, professional banter, because that's actually part of their relationship. Or... They need to have a relationship that is still private for other reasons, but she needs to no longer feel guilty. Because at the end of the day, the wife is fully aware of it. I do think that they have a love that exists in a special place. What is dishonoring the love is by her thinking that she is a second-class citizen. She needs to stop that. Everyone in the chat wants to high-five you right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, so what we have to talk about next quickly is Fitz was given the State of the Union address, and what was... Not ironic, but I think what he did on purpose, at least what I took from this scene, Fitz was saying a lot in his speech, it will be different. And simultaneously, Olivia was resigning, putting it on her desk. And in my mind, she was saying, right, and the pen, in my mind, it was especially after that scene with Melly, she was saying, no, things aren't going to be different. Everything's going to stay exactly the same. I'm still going to be, at least in Melly's mind, the mistress that's just supposed to keep you happy and content. What's up? And the most important thing that people forget, Olivia feels that Olivia is the mistress. Yeah. That is the only thing that matters. Yeah. Because when he says we're in this together, he's saying in the confines of us. Yeah. He has never viewed her as a mistress. Olivia is the one who has the problem with it. In his mind, as long as in their space she views him as the love of her life and him the same way, there actually isn't a problem. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. I love I love when we have the passion in the studio. Yeah. No, I thought you okay. I do, but we don't have time. So, okay. You know. Um. So right after that, Olivia resigns, and then we flash back to the present. I was about to say the president. The present. Sally becomes the first commander or female commander in chief, and Cyrus is having a fit in his office during lunch. Which obviously I would be irate too. And he was he was on the floor, um, in front of his desk crying. But yeah. just to see, I, I guess, th- just to see, like I said once again, the lack of emotion as far as concern for the president. She was so overjoyed. And I solemnly swear, like. And let's also connect Sarah all the dots. Care. Sworn in by Verna, mm-hmm. like oh, it was much. just so much going on, and then. This next scene took us all for a loop. We all had our theories. We were talking about who could be Billy, Nelly, uh, like all these different names that we thought who could possibly have shot the president. Now, when we went back to Olivia Pope and Associates, which I don't think we talked about at all, but Columbus, not Columbus, Harrison, Abby and Quinn were sitting there. Quinn's still giving her, um, you know, side eye about Huck (laughs) to everybody. And they're dealing with this. And then they're looking at the news and they talk about the suspect. They say the suspect is has dark hair. He has a red hoodie and like and a, a short buzz cut. Yeah, buzz cut. The buzz cut is what obviously we thought. Well, it was it was that, but then also I don't know if they said it simultaneously or right at the same time. Somebody said, "Where's Huck?" and they said he's on a date. But it just it was too. So anyway, we went to the scene or the the place where the sniper was, 
and we always see the hoodie. We don't really see the face yet. And they're, they're frantically going around trying to figure something out, trying to find things. And then finally... He was getting the bullets. Yeah, he was getting the bullets. Finally, we get a glimpse of the face and we see his huck, which by this time, we, every, knew we had already knew it was him. We, we saw the beard. But just to see the face and to know for a fact it was him, just the emotional impact, because I don't think any of us, maybe in the background, no, no, I wasn't expecting huck at all. At all. I mean, I knew he was crazy. I knew he's been dealing with some things. I, I mean, my okay, I'm going to say that for predictions, but I knew he was dealing with some things, but I was not expecting. I just don't know where this. And I, I think the important part is he wasn't how I would think an assassin would be. He was sloppy. Right. No. The hoodie, his face wasn't covered. Whatever he was looking for. An assassin, like, you would never let the um, the the bullet casings fall in that manner. So, obviously, even when he was going underneath the cushion, it, it, he, he couldn't find something. Yeah. It was too frenetic. It was frenzied. To me, an assassin of his stature, it would be like, bam, 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 out. You, you know what I mean? Sorry, Black, for saying your name. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? The casings would be clean. You would have picked them up from before. You would actually pick up the casings before you would... Like, I don't know. Something seemed off. And, I, again, I think it's because he's spiraling. And also, what was off for me was he wasn't wearing gloves so when he was touching the sofa he touched everything looking for the bullets it's just so many questions that are raised like was he planning this from the beginning when he first did the second the second encounter with olivia when he came back like did this spark because of the incident with the other spies like there's so many different questions that we're wondering and now i really want to go back and watch all these episodes over winter break because i'm just and again and i I get i get the the name of the organization mixed up i don't know if it's b316 or whatever but again let's remember like this is the elite of the elite. We don't know when Olivia came in and who else had access to them. Right. They're basically like secret, covert spies for the U.S. You don't know what they've been programmed to do. And then it literally it could be like a trigger like a word. Like they're that underground. Every single day he listens to radio chatter for information for what he's supposed to do. Think about it. That's what we learn in Spies Like Us. So you don't know how, how subconscious that messaging is. I don't know. I'm just saying. So I have the clip of when you find out it's Huck, if you want to play that. Please. Please. Yeah, see, there's just a lot going on. This and I knew right- the sneakers. I mean, I already knew, but I knew when I saw the sneakers. You're right. See, whatever Huck, he's, see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, Huck, and that, that face right there. If it was, Huck's not in the right state of mind because he wouldn't have been so frantic. He wouldn't be phased by a shooting. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. He's off his game. So anyway, um, that was one of the best episodes of Scandal. And that we, was the best for me so far. It, they're all so great to me. I don't even know if I can... It, I can't wait to see um, the winter finale next week, but we're going to go into some news and gossip right quick. After Buzz TV News. Gladiators, um, as Sophia coined, um, you used your remotes. And last week, you guys did it. Scandal not only did a season high, it did a series high. And it was the number one show for its time slot in the 18 to 34 demographic. So bravo to Scandal. And let's hope that tonight's episode will surpass that episode. And then the same thing next week. Because Gladiators, they are happening 
all over. We have gladiators in Switzerland, all over. I don't have to go down the list. Um, also, make sure you tune in on Sunday. Because if you didn't know, Oprah is also a gladiator. So uh, Shonda Rhimes, Judy Smith, who is the real Olivia Pope, as well as Kerry Washington, will be on Oprah's next chapter, Sunday, December 9th. Yep, so, on the OWN Network. Own so Network. make sure you catch that. And Sophie, as always, is going to do our gladiator shout out for today. Yeah, and as always, we love you guys on iTunes. Uh, we love your comments on Twitter, on YouTube. We really integrate it into the show. We use it for our scandal pace. We use it for our theories. We use it just to make the show a better show. So the shout outs for today for iTunes, it's HT Jack, Steph in NC. For Twitter, we have Desi Lou, uh, starts with Kesh, Juniper Jess, Green Magic Soul, Kendra Corey Renee, Pebbles Care, LAL Den73093. Lonnie Renee, Tucker KD3, Bayesian Alpha Gal, Nick Angel 39, Layla Apis, DC Girl Forever 718, Sila Fowler, Tish9345, Caramel Sugar, Sammy Sixpack. And for YouTube, we have for Lynn AB, aka. Lachey, okay. Anna E, anonymously 0007, Billy Mackey, Blue Sweet 91, Danny 6105, DJ 405767, Fat Show, Glad 0275, HYL08, I Love Olitz, Janet Lova 30, Jenny Craig, Joe Vaughn Smith, Kenzo Ryan, KN Griffin 1, M. Guman, <laughs> Mick Joan, Miss April 16th, P. Fruit 0916, Queenie Ar- Araba, Rach Roses, Red Rain 72, SR Champ, CU, LVU, LVU, Shia Rocks, T- Ted, Teddy, Tish 24810, When Will. I hope that's all of them. Again, thank you on iTunes, on Twitter, on YouTube. And as always, tell a friend, rate, subscribe, comment. And again, rate, subscribe, comment, tell a friend. Thank you, Gladiators. We really love all the support and all the comments. Keep them coming. And finally, let's go to predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. I think since we're running short on time today, what I want to do is pose three questions that we can talk about on Twitter, iTunes, YouTube in the comment section Um, and if you have any other questions, Gladiators feel free to um, come in. So one is where do you think Huck, basically his his switch flipped? Was it from the beginning where we had um, him come back to the White House to help Olivia? Was it in the middle of the Pope and Associates? Was it with the spies? So let me know when you think that whole switch in his brain flipped. Also, um, what do you think will be the fate of America's president? Uh, oh, there's another question. Do you think this is going to affect the baby in any way? America's baby? Are there? Any, there's some other questions. What do you guys have? Because she did hold a stomach. Yeah. Ooh, not not even where Huck's switch, where the uh, switch flipped. Who ordered Huck to, to mm. shoot Fitz? Yeah, that's what. Um, yeah. Who told him to do this? Anymore? We'll start. Okay, we'll start with that guy. So let's keep the conversation going on Twitter. I do have a bone oh, to pick about Senator Edison when he was on the phone, and I'll I'll talk about that on Twitter. Oh my I god! Like, I, didn't, I didn't like how. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So uh, let us know where we can find you, Bam. Oh, you, you can find. <laughs> you're, you're pointing at Sophia. You can you can find me at at Bam Erickson. 
Sophia Stanley on Twitter. At Camellia. And at Emilio E. Jr. and ChaseMelly.com. Gladiators, we love, love, love you. And we can't wait to see you next week um, for our winter finale. And, um, yeah, keep supporting. And let's keep hoping for another series high tomorrow. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz Express herein are those of the host only do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.